so much of like your job and your career is like who you know, your work ethic, like can you be social in an interview? Because nobody is gonna want anybody who can't carry on a conversation. So you can be the smartest person, but like if you can't interact with people, then like who wants you? Welcome to Live from M5. I'm Cassie Lee and I'm here with Miss Knitzer. Say hi. Hello. And I'm here with Mr. Ruby. Say hi. Hello. And today we're going to be talking about hustle culture. It's going to be more um, specifically about high school. So hustle culture, at least in high school, is where you have to involve yourself and like you have to overwork yourself to death. You're being way too productive. So my first one to you two is, what do you think of hustle culture when like you first hear about it? So Miss Knitzer, you can go first. Um, the funny thing is, is I, I was like, oh, she wants me to do a podcast on hustle <laughs> culture. Like what in the world is that? Um, and so the first things that came to my mind is obviously like just, you know, getting going and always being on and just go, 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 go all the time. And you know how, and in my mind I was like, well, by doing that, you're just going to kind of burn out. And then I looked up the definition and that's pretty much exactly what it is. So I'm like, okay, well, at least I'm in the right mindset. So um, it's just really like overexerting yourself, I I think. And you just don't really get a chance to breathe. Yeah. I, um, if it is actually defined in that way where it's like to the point of burnout, that's completely unhealthy and it's not okay. What I see primarily with students is there's kind of two types of motivation for hustle culture. One is sort of like the external, like parents are kind of pushing um, and kind of forcing the hustle on them. And then there are some students that are kind of like internally wanting that and, and hustling and grinding because they want it. And I think there's a huge difference between those two. So like if it's something that people are forcing on you from the outside, you tend to burn out because it's not what you actually want and you're doing something to please other people. But primarily, what I see on campus, and I mean, to a certain extent, this makes sense. When parents have a vision for a student's life, it's not like the student can just be like, I'm not going to do that, right? They usually have to go with the program. But there's this reality of hustle culture, I think, when it's forced on them from their parents as being something that can become distinctly unhealthy. And if it is something that they've grabbed a hold of internally, it can actually be something kind of amazing. Like I think of Sunny Lou, for example, um, one of our like amazing seniors this year. And she's been accepted to all sorts of schools like like Ivy League schools and everything else, scholarships, plays like two instruments, leads four clubs, like does all kinds of crazy stuff, takes every AP class. And when you talk with her, it feels like there's an actual intrinsic motivation there rather than it being forced upon her. So to me, I think it kind of depends on whether or not the person is, I guess, the motivation. I would also say, like, because you were talking about how it's a lot of, like, the parents pushing. I also think that there's a lot with, like, students and their friend groups as well of like, oh, you're not taking this AP class, you're not taking this honor class. Or I even remember when we were doing our counselor presentations and in my AP classes, just kind of like hearing some of the conversations where it's like, oh, you're only in integrated two? Like, oh, that's terrible. And I'm like, what? Like integrated two? Like, I think I was taking integrated two as like a junior or a senior, like, and I, and I just kind of like hear that and it like, 
makes my heart hurt because I'm like, it doesn't, doesn't matter if you're an integrated too. And so I think also there's just like social pressures from kids as well. of Like you have to take these classes if you want to be considered good or, you know, smart or anything like that. That's interesting. I also thought about like the push within education that every student needs to go to college and that being a marker of success in a student's life. I wrestle with that, honestly, as an educator. I don't think college is the right fit for every single student. And I feel like that also can become its own societal like pressure of like, if you don't graduate and go on to a four-year school at some point, somehow you failed and you're not going to fit into the workplace of tomorrow. So yeah, there's a ton of different pressure points. That's true. Yeah. I feel like a lot of the pressure that like stems because of college is because like they think if you don't get accepted into this UC or a really good school, you think your life is over because jobs primarily look at your college. Ex- well, they look at like what college you go to, but I wouldn't say they look like at like what you do in college, but rather probably your work experience, right? Yeah, I mean, I have always felt like that. I, I mean, and I'm, I don't go into like big business or anything. Obviously, I'm a teacher, um, and I never once felt like anybody was ever looking at the college I went to and being like, "Oh, you just graduated from Chico, like that's nothing." And I've never felt like that. I, I think so much of like your job and your career is like who you know, your work ethic, Mm. like, can you be social in an interview? Because nobody is going to want anybody who can't carry on a conversation. So you can be the smartest person, but like, if you can't interact with people, then like, who wants you? So I've never felt like that just because I went to Chico State that it was ever a downfall of like, who, you know, I could become. And I've, I've told students that too. Like, I understand you have this dream school you want to go to, but if you don't get into it, it's not the end of the world. Like, whatever school you go, go to and whatever effort you put into it, that's, that's what, like, where your value is. Like, who cares if you don't get into Princeton and you're just going to UC Davis? Like, still a wonderful school and maybe even a better school. Right. I think it's really interesting that you were talking about value too, because I think often as people, we tend to get our value from like accomplishment and achievement. And so I think for some people, it kind of comes down to almost how they see themselves as worthy or not, whether or not they get into that big school after all of this push. And maybe some of that pressure is from parents also, or friends or other things at school. But I feel like you in order to be healthy, I think you have to be able to divorce your own value from the things that you accomplish. And getting back to the idea of like what businesses look at when they're hiring people, there's this weird thing that happens where like when you're in high school and you're moving on to college, yeah, colleges are going to look at your GPA. Once you're in a college, nobody looks at your high school GPA anymore. Like they don't care. And it's the same thing once you graduate from a college, like they don't really even investigate your GPA at college. They just like, oh, you have a diploma. Oh, it's in this area. But back to your point, Ms. Kinnitzer, it's like, <laughs> what experience do you have? Let me see your resume. Let me see who you've worked for and what kind of an employee you were. That, like, and so th- this granular focus on the nitty gritty of like, do I have a 90 versus a 95% in my AP world class is like a completely non-existent thing as you get older like it all just fades into the background and so once again i feel like if we put pressure on people to like live in that minutiae it's not 
it's not healthy, I don't think it's necessarily helpful to them in the future either. I always love the phrase C's get degrees because it's right. like, who cares if you got a C or a B or an A in a class? If you passed it, great. It's right. you got your bachelor's degree. That's what they're going to look at. 100%. So are you saying that like extracurriculars would be more important than like a letter grade when it comes to school, I guess, or the resume? Um, me personally, I say yes, only because you are going to get so much more out of working with people in like in sports, in different clubs, in that, and you're just going to get more of a well-rounded kind of life and just education because you're going to learn so much outside of the classroom. And yes, of course, like subjects, they're important, but especially in high school, like, yeah, they're important, get your degree, but the stuff that you're learning outside of the classroom is almost more important, I feel, just because yeah. you're, you're interacting with more people. I agree. And once again, I love how you're making the distinction between what is best for the person versus what is best for, like, maybe their college career, in quotes, because we want people that are actually, like, fully integrated, enjoying life, really, like, participating actively in things – what you don't want is somebody that's so driven about just college that everything, it becomes this like myopic focus and everything else is gone out of their lives because that's not actually a really good life in my opinion. And so it is hard when I see students grinding and hustling for like just that one school and they know they have to get that exact GPA and it can drive them, I think, to be, well, to not enjoy life and maybe not to be as good of a person as they could be. So that is the difference between what colleges are looking for on the application, which is probably, unfortunately, all of the above. They want you to like have all of the things going on in your life, which is why there is that hustle culture versus what actually makes a person a happy and successful person. Those don't always align with one another. That's what concerns me, frankly. Yeah, and I loved the, like you we're talking about the happiness, your extracurricular, the things that you do outside of class, that's the fun. Mm -hmm. Like you are a kid, be like, have fun, be yourself. You know, if you're just going home and doing nothing but homework, where's the fun? Yeah. You have none. And you're going to get to that point where you do burn out. And it's like, I don't, I would never want to look back and go, man, I really wish I did blank, blank, and blank. You know, was that a, did I have to give up all of these things in order to get it? So 100%. I'm all about fun. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. So the hustle culture, it kind of derived, de what's the word? De it's it's kind derived. Of de from yeah, derived. People from their passion and creativity, it doesn't really leave them any room to try and like find out what that passion is. Do you think it's better if someone tries to pursue their passion, even if like, there's a high chance it won't work out or would it be more stable to do or to join the hustle culture and what it's all about? If that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> no. You're talking about like not working out financially further in life, yeah. like having like a great jobby job. Yeah. Something I think a hundred percent when you're a kid, you should take risks. Oh, yeah. You should take as many risks and get out there as much as you possibly can. Knowing that, yeah, not everything is going to fit and not everything is going to stick. But honestly, this world does not need more people that are just part of the rat race. It needs more people that are doing what they're passionate about. 
And I think we also need to kind of like change our standards for success in the United States. I, yeah. I think like a lot of it comes down to the almighty dollar and whether or not people feel like they're earning enough or they have enough clout or prestige when they walk into a room being able to call themselves a lawyer or a doctor or whatever it is. And that's actually not what makes people content. And so I, I think that like, Yes, while you're young, you should experiment with as many things as possible. And hopefully something that you're actually passionate about sticks enough that like you can have a roof over your head and, and have food and clothes. You know what I mean? Um, and beyond that, you might not need much more than that. And I think that we get this weird idea in our head that that's not success. But doing what you're passionate about, that's for me, that's the definition of success. It's interesting because when, you know, I'm talking to students or I hear students' conversations and, you know, like, oh, I, I want to be a doctor. I want to do this. I want to do that. And so many times, more times than not, I hear like, yeah, my parents really want mm -hmm. this or like they, they have really expressed that they want me to go into the medical field. And I'm like, is that something that you actually want to do or, you know, is it just because my parents want me to do this? And I mean, I can speak for personal experience that I changed my major three times <laughs> and I thought I knew exactly what I wanted to do. And I got like, I was in college or excuse me, I was in high school and I'm like, I want to be a nurse. I want to be a nurse. I want to, I really wanted to be a life flight nurse or an ER nurse. And that was what my passion was. And I went through the health Academy and at Oakmont and it was great. And okay, this is what I want to do. And then I got to college and I'm doing all my prereqs and I'm like, gosh, I hate <laughs> science. Like it is the worst thing ever. And I'm like, okay, not going to do this. I can't, I cannot do this. Then I went into elementary education and I'm like, I don't want to wipe noses and like tie <laughs> shoes all the time. And Same. Like, I no, I like, I want to have actual real conversations with kids. And so I'm like, okay, what's, what's the next thing? And I, I grew up in a family loving history and my dad's a big history buff and I loved history in high school. And I'm like, okay, let's go into this. And so that, you know, I, I went into it, but I feel like if I had parents that were like, no, you got to stick with what you started and da, 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 then it, my life would have been totally different. Would I have loved being a nurse? I know I would have, but I love what I'm doing now. So I love that I got the opportunity to try things out and I didn't have to, didn't have the pressure to stick in, you know, in that lane. Yeah. I appreciate that too. I have a, I have a good friend that we went to actually college together. He was pre-med. And as soon as he hit Calc BC or whatever it was and had to take it over and over and over again, his plans completely shifted. And med was not actually his dream. It was his parents' dream. And it honestly it derailed his life. Like he actually dropped out of school for a bit and like had to figure things out. Um, I was actually really fortunate too. My parents were very supportive. I was pre-law. I was over at Davis. I was going to go to their law school. I was getting ready for my, my uh, law, LSATs and everything. And... I actually had a conversation with a couple of family friends that were lawyers and they said, this is what being a lawyer is like every day. It's not what you see on television. This is what it's like and be wise. And man, it almost derailed me too. And I've gone through all sorts of things, but now here I am in teaching, which I'm really passionate about too. But yeah, when you're young and before like you have weight of responsibility, maybe of like a spouse and family and other things like that, oh, pursue the things you're passionate about. It's worth it. Well, and I think, like, especially in our profession, most teachers are here because they're passionate. Yeah. It's not because, like, you know, we get paid all this and, you know, X, Y, and Z. And it's like, I think this is, it's a, it's a profession that you have to be passionate about because there are so many difficulties in this job mm -hmm. 
that it's like, you have to love it. You do. But so many people don't have that opportunity to like get to, you know, have their passion as their career. It's true. It's sad. I feel like the reason a lot of um, kids say that I want to be this because my parents told me to is partly because they probably think that my parents raised me. This is how I should repay them back. I should be able to get a good, stable career and repay my parents somehow in like that's like putting them in a care home or something and I think we should let go of that personally I mean yeah your parents raise you but I think that's the bare minimum it should be up to you to go into whatever you want to do that's probably what your parents would want anyway yeah I agree I just I feel like I mean me as a parent um, I have a 16 year old that we're starting to like get into what are you going to do? Like, where do you, where do you want to go? Um, and I just found that the best thing we can do is just like support him and just, okay, what, what ideas do you have? And, you know, not just kind of send him in this path of like, oh, you have to go into this or you have to go with this, but it's like, what are your interests? What are your passions? You don't know? That's totally fine. It's okay. You can figure it out. You have time to do that. Now, do I want a kid that's been in college for 10 years and I'm still paying for it? No, I don't want that. Um, but I do think it's okay to stumble a little bit and, mm -hmm. you know, and still feel the support of your family behind you and be able to pick yourself back up and then figure out where you want to go. I do feel like that pressure that's put on some people by their families. There's a, there's a flip side of that, which is actually really good and healthy. Like it's a loving thing to consider your family and to think of what they've wanted for you, right? But it's also, you have to be aware that they may want something for you that is actually not right at all. And in the end, it's not loving to live a lie and, and, and for the sake of the happiness of another person, at some point you actually have to be real and genuine with them and, and talk to them about the things that you actually want to pursue in your life, the things that you're passionate about. And I know that there are some parents that that is not an easy conversation and it's a really difficult thing. Um, and I feel like if, if students, if young people in general could be courageous and mo like move into those conversations, yeah, it might hurt a little bit more in the short term, but everybody will actually be happier in the long term because parents speaking as a parent we hate to see our kids suffering and you don't want to see your kid like laboring to do something that you put on them for the rest of your life at some point you just realize that that's not good and it's not healthy for them so i do think that sometimes you have to have those hard conversations i've i've seen it here i've seen you know people in their senior year um, have a conversation with a parent about a sport that they know that they're not going to play in college and they've been devoting like every moment to and it's crushing their like schedule and their friendships and everything else and say to their parents, I, I want to be done with this and the parents be upset about it. But after a while, understand. And I think you have to have those conversations, which is really hard when you're young. It's hard to be courageous in that way and have those conversations while still honoring your parents. But I think you can do it. This kind of ties along to one of my questions that I have, it's, do you think it's fair for students to have their major or future career planned out so early? Because like, you're expected to know that before you even go to college or probably even before you turn a senior, like, you should probably know it by freshman year. And I was just, <laughs> all of us aggressively <laughs> shaking our heads now, no. aggressive now. <laughs> go ahead, you first. No, I definitely don't think that. But when I was a student in high school, I was like, no, this is what I'm going to do. And then see how that turned out. <laughs> um, I just, I think we have to, 
we have to figure out who we are. Because when you get out of high school, your life is going to drastically change. Whether you're going to go to college or you're going to start in your career or in the workforce, whatever you're going to do, you're going to meet new people. You're going to you know, have new life experiences. Your life, your trajectory that you think is going to happen could potentially like totally change. Um, and I think we have to, we have to figure out who we are and like really what we want in life and what we want to do. Um, and I don't think that we should just be focused on one thing because it might not be the thing that actually is what you're meant to do. Um, and so I just, I, I say no. I say 100% no. <laughs> Use your first you know, year or two of college and figure out like what you actually want to do because it's, it's amazing you know, what you find out. And I also recommend that people try internships because I know that everybody sometimes needs to get a job. Like, and you know, so you're working at um, a yogurt place or a fast food place or something like that to like pay the bills. But if you can get out and experience different fields mm -hmm. while you're also maybe pursuing college or maybe even instead of pursuing college, I feel like that will show you what you actually click with way better than being in a classroom with a professor. Yeah. Um, and so I don't think, honestly, yeah, aggressive, no. Like, there's no way we should expect 18-year-olds to know exactly what they're going to do in life. I think some do, and it's exceptionally rare. Um, so I think people should experience as much as they possibly can to try to get to the place where something does click eventually. And I feel like we need to normalize that. That, for me, is the frustrating yeah. thing. Is like we send people off to college, and we're pissed off that they're not done in four years. And I'm like, that's not normal. Like, I would rather my kids take a gap year and, like, have five different internships and then maybe pursue one of those in college maybe not maybe they just go into the workforce rather than like spend time because you can do grind culture hustle culture in college too um, rather than spend time going through that hustle and getting burnt out before they even get into the workplace so this is kind of more focused towards Kanitsur but I think you can answer it you're the first AP class a lot of sophomores can take. It's I'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> and I'm pretty sure you've seen a lot of very overachieving students and you probably get to witness them burn out too as well how do they like act when they're burned out or how like how can you tell when they're slowly starting to become more and more stressed i should say um i definitely you know they'll walk in and you can just kind of tell on their face <laughs> like that they have had a lot and i'm definitely in a harder like position because as an AP class, I am expected to teach you all these things to be successful on that AP test. <laughs> That's what all the parents want me to do. That's what <laughs> you guys want me to do. That's what, you know, the school wants. Um, and it's hard because I am, you know, also believe that I don't want you guys to have this burnout and I don't want you to have this hustle culture. And so it's like, how do I limit that? But at the same time, prepare you guys as much as possible but I mean seeing kids come in and just you can see it in their face it, they're just tired or they are bringing their book to school because they didn't have time to do it at, at home last night or um, you know we do have our like life is hard passes you know and and mm. kids use them and I'm like okay let's let's refocus let's you know try to figure out what the root of the problem is and most of the time they are doing extracurriculars which I want to encourage um, and it's just this hard line of like how do we get them prepared but then also not force that burnout um, but yeah I mean you can just, it's written all over kids faces <laughs> when they walk in they just they're tired 
that's the biggest thing. They're just tired. That's so cool that you have the life is hard passive. <laughs> no, seriously, that's a we really don't have a, like a ton of them. But no, I know, some. but like that's that's a heart of compassion for these kids, you know, <laughs> which I I really appreciate. Um, yeah, I taught AP Gov, I taught AP US History, um, and you can see it on kids, and you can also see the kids. I think already that like they're living for their parents versus living for themselves, um, because there's some like grit and tenacity there when you're wanting to do it for yourself and when you're kind of doing it for your parents, there's burnout. But I agree with all the things you said and man, it's a hard thing to walk. It's a hard balance to do because AP curriculums are rigid and inflexible because the test, the test is very specific um, and they are difficult purposefully. Um, and so I think it's, I don't know. It's, it's a really hard thing to do. I never understood the point of AP exams. I mean, it's like, I'm, taking this class and it's a college course class and it, I think that should show that I'm already taking it and if I pass it it means I can handle it I don't understand the point of an AP exam personally yeah I mean I know the nice thing is, is if you do pass you know with a three four or five it can alleviate a class that you do take in college which some kids that is a college is a financial burden on them a lot of them have to pay for it themselves and you know so that's like one less thing that they have to um, do but I just think we get so wrapped up in like I have to take five six seven eight AP classes I'm like no you actually don't like how in the world are you even doing this when you know like just one or two AP classes should be enough which I think is really funny that the school at least when I first was there um they were like oh well we're only gonna allow kids to take three ap classes but that i i've never seen that actually enforced right <laughs> and it, it's because parents are like no 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 no, they need to do this or kids are like no no no, i have to do this i have to get into this and but it's, that's a cultural shift though like get rid of all the ap's and we'll be happy <laughs> yeah for sure i also think that i mean ap classes are actually designed to simulate college and in a lot of college classes yeah there's a huge final at the end right and you've got to like sit down and prove that you actually know what what has just occurred over the last semester or quarter and so i think part of it is that simulation of the actual stress and pressure that people will be under in college um plus in order to actually demonstrate that they should receive college credit like it makes it easier if there's a standardized test because Ms. Knitzer might be a more forgiving AP teacher in her grade book than other people. <laughs> yep. um, and so you have to have some sort of a standard there. Um, so I do see the purpose of the test, but likewise, I also don't see the purpose of people crushing themselves underneath five <laughs> AP classes. I think there are some students, I call them unicorns, like that can actually <laughs> like really handle that, but I don't think that that's normal. I think most students are really living unhealthy lives in order to do that. But even those unicorn students, what are you doing outside <laughs> of school? Yep. Like, what social life do you have? Right. And I just think that that is so valuable in a person's life that I would never, ever give that up in order to just focus on academics. But that's Agreed. just also me. Yeah. So. How different was it for you in school back then versus now? Because nowadays colleges are actually getting really bad like i know ucs have started having single digit acceptance rates and it's yeah like okay. how do you even compete with that um it i mean i definitely 
especially in the friend group that I was in, um, we were on the more high achieving side. Um, and so a lot of my friends did take a lot of AP classes, nothing near that what kids are doing now. Um, but we also didn't have as many available to us. Um, and so it was not unheard of to take, cause we were on like a, a regular four by four block. And so we'd take four classes one semester, four classes the other. And it was not unheard of to like take two AP classes in a semester and then take two the next semester. Um, but I also didn't feel as much pressure like that I'm not going to get into college and whatnot. But I also think that there has to be, we've got to take away the idea of like, if you don't go directly to a four year, like something is wrong with you. Like you're not smart enough to get there. Like I am, I am very smart to get there. And guess what? I went to a a community college. I went to Sierra for two years. I had no idea what I really like. I I knew I wanted to be a nurse, but I didn't know where I wanted to go. I didn't want to, I didn't know anything. I still wanted to play sports in college and that gave me the opportunity and it gave me the opportunity to get internships and to volunteer and kind of like figure out what the heck I wanted. And that back then it was like $11 a unit. And so, but now it's, it's free. Go get your free education, please, people. Which I think is an amazing thing for all of us. But like, wow, it's just if I just hate that idea of like if you don't go into a UC or a state school or an Ivy League, you're not smart because you are, or that you're not going to be successful. Yeah, because it's just not true. The statistics are are very clear that even people that struggle initially um, eventually figure it out, and if they need a college degree for their job. They'll get one and they'll make make a success of themselves. Yeah. I, I remember re- reading something about valedictorians and like how they are like not as successful when they get into college because they have this burnout and it's right. like, I've done nothing but do this. And then they get to college and it's like their life just changes and I'm not the smartest here. And right. and it's they have like hard times with it. Totally. And valedictorian means nothing. Absolutely <laughs> nothing. I know. It's a weird, that's a weird grind. I would love to talk about that. And, the, and some of the other artificial things that we invent to evaluate students that just are not serving us. Oh, there was one more thing. Um, I, one thing I was so happy that our school and California and Jen got rid of was the class rank. Yes. Um, and it's like. You know, when again, when the counselors were there, we were talking about how they got rid of class rank and, oh, why do we do that? And I'm like, well, you look at some schools where you're like 125th out of 500 in this school, but if you were at any other school, you would be like five. And I had somebody make a comment like, oh, it only matters if you're not number one. And I was like, oh, can you stop? (laughs) Like, that's awful to say. Like, why? Why are you saying this? You mentioning that, like, how education, I think, was, like, free or something now and how there's um, Sierra College classes. Mm -hmm. Are you promoting that you should go take those classes? Like, was it during high school or after? No, this was after high school. My first two years of college, I went to Sierra. I had some of my best professors I ever had. My classes were small. I actually knew my teachers. I could meet with them on a regular basis. Um, and they were the ones who got me connected with more people than, you know, when I ended up going. Well, I actually, I went to Sierra, then I went down um, south because I was playing on a water polo scholarship down south, mm-hmm. and I hated it. So <laughs> then I finished up at Chico. Um, and, I mean, my Chico classes were smaller, but, you know, some of these 
kids are going to go to these giant universities that have huge lectures of hundreds of kids. And how in the world are you ever going to like get personal with your teacher and actually know who they are? So I, I think it's amazing. Like I think going to a community college, get your free education. Um, then you can also figure out what the heck you want to do. I 100% agree. Why do you think that colleges got so demanding since it's obviously more demanding now than it is before? Do you think it's just because people started trying harder? I mean, I don't. No, I think it's all culture. It's <laughs> just, it's all about how much money you have, what, what material possessions you have. And then in order to make that money to get those possessions and get that prestige, you have to go to this college and you have to do, you have to go to college. You have to do this. There are like electron or electricians and plumbers that wake, make way more than yeah. I do. And I'm like, why did I not get in that? <laughs> like you're making way more money than I do. And it's just interesting where it's like this idea of like you are successful and you are valuable and you have this prestige because you have this job and have this money. And I think it's, it's a cultural thing, which I don't like. I also think there might be a slight economic um, reality, which is it behooves universities and colleges to have some scarcity because uh, that increases demand. And so I do feel like part of it is it's a business model. They, they really would only take a certain amount of students. I mean, not just because that's the only professors that they have also, but it behooves them to keep graduating classes at a certain size. So there's a prestige that's associated with their name. And so some of it is that. And so I do actually really love the idea of two years being free because I think it's a, a shifting even of the economic skills of what's happening, uh, which I think is actually going to empower students quite a bit. And I think I'm going to have to dip and be part of this yeah, meeting yeah. that's over here. Yeah, I'm, so, um, I'm sorry to cut this yeah, short, but thank you so much for coming to of talk course. with me. Thank you so much. It was great. Totally. Live from M5 is a production of Rockland High School's journalism program in Rockland, California. To listen to more episodes of our podcast, search for Live from M5 on your favorite podcast app. For more information about our journalism program, visit rocklandmedia.org. Thanks. <laughs>